So we are uh, moving this morning uh, into a new series. And I, I said before, uh, just because we shift into a new series or a new uh, direction, a new um, uh, angle, it, it doesn't mean that the old series has passed away. Okay. Amen? <laughs> the old series is now embedded in whatever we do going forward. We, we, we've talked about uh, discipleship. We've talked about engagement. And now we are going to move into a series called In the Beginning, and we're going to look at the God who calls us into discipleship and engagement, amen, who tells us to go. We want to get a good look at him because uh, it's one thing for Pastor Dwayne to encourage you to go and do something, but, but let's have a look at this God, amen? So we're, we're, we're going to be in a series for a little bit in the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis, Genesis. Series is called In the Beginning. In the Beginning. And here in Genesis, we're introduced to the God of the Bible. Uh, look, looking back at the biblical introduction of God, uh, it, it helps to frame or, or reframe our assumptions about Him. We all carry assumptions about God. Uh, those assumptions could be real and true, those assumptions, assumptions could be uh, um, caricatures of God, God in our own image, uh, but, but not, not here in Genesis. Who we understand him to be is going to determine how we perceive the world around us and how we live. It's going to shape our worldview. We, we want our lives to be framed by the truth of who he is, so, so it, it makes sense to look at him. Amen? So we're going to take time to, to view the creative power of God, the original purpose in his creation, and and consider what it means for how we carry out our lives, uh, our lives in, in the faith. Amen? Genesis chapter 1. I'll give you a minute to find it. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to begin reading there in the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1. The word of God reads thusly. This is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. <laughs> and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas and God saw that it was good. 
And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we... uh, Stand in need this morning. Uh, in need, Lord, of uh, rekindled fear and awe. Just who you are. Expose yourself to us, Lord, in bright and mighty and powerful ways again today. Help us, Lord, to. Uh, Embrace and surrender anew. Help us, Lord, to see, to hear, to understand, and to respond according to your word. God, we thank you. Uh, You're good. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You're powerful. You're lovely. Full of mercy. Full of patient, long-suffering. Full of love. Oh, God. Have your way here in your sanctuary today. Let your grace be on those that are hearing, those that are gathered here and every household represented here, those that are witnessing online, Lord. Uh, Lord, throw the weight of your glory around this morning. We thank you, Lord. I ask for fresh anointing to preach and anointing to receive your word. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I, I don't know if any of you uh, ever gotten the, uh, those little booklets called the Daily Bread. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. We might have some on the table. Uh, if not, I got a, I got a plug. I, I got somebody that, that can get us some Daily Bread. But... Uh, I, I, there, was, there was a story written in one of them, and, and I thought it was an interesting story. Uh, it, was, it was a fiction story, per se, but it was a good story nonetheless. It, was, uh, it, it told about a group of men who set out to find an answer to the question, where did the earth come from? They compiled much data covering many areas of investigation. Uh, And then they fed it into the supercomputer running the latest AI. When they had completed their work and had given the machine all of the information, they push, come with me now, the answer button and waited expectantly for the results. Lights flashed. It's a fancy computer. Lights flashed and bells rang. Buzzers sounded. 
And when the great moment arrived, this printed message emerged. See Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Yeah, the computer got it right. The title of the message today is simply God Said. God Said. God Said. The God, the creator, reigns over creation. God said. Uh, Genesis, just as a backdrop, it's, uh, Genesis, and particularly this first chapter of, of Genesis, it sets the foundation for the rest of Scripture and the revelation of God. Genesis, this first book in the, in the, 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 the canon of 66, uh, the rest of the Bible and our faith stand on the beginnings here in Genesis. Well, since Genesis is a historical book, it's not a science textbook. Uh, you know, even though uh, all valid science rests on what God accomplished here, the major focus of, of the, the human author Moses in writing is to help the people of God be clear about their origins and the origins of the world that they inhabit. Uh, it has a purpose. Sometimes we like to push it to do things that it wasn't designed to do. Amen? You with me? This, this is good hermeneutics. <laughs> uh, the, the, the people that were first hearing this, um, first hearing the words of, of Genesis, they, who were, they were likely uh, wandering in deserted places in search of a resting place. And they needed to know that the God they were encountering and hearing about was completely distinct from the myths and the legends people around them believed. Uh, they needed to know. They needed to be sure. Uh, uh, he, he was not one of many gods in a struggle to subdue the world and get a grip on the world. He was, is the one true creator God without rival or equal. And not only did they need to know, but the generations after them need to know. And even the people of God today need to know. We've read it, we've acknowledged it, but do we know it? So we're going to look at the first few creation days here in the text. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. One thing that... that becomes clear from the beginning and throughout the scriptures that God is the main subject. God is the main subject. It all points to him, his activity, his action, his desire, his plan, his power. God. And so as he launches out, Moses begins sharing both the, the title and the task of God here in these verses. The title and the task of God, the the title, God, uh, uh, it, it translates a word that means mighty or supreme one. This t 
title, that, 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 that means something. It, it described someone so powerful that in the original language, the, it's, it, the, the word is plural. <laughs> Elohim. That's the only foreign word I'm going to say this morning. Elohim. Uh, so the word is plural, but the verb in this verse is singular, pointing to only one entity, one individual. It's, it's sometimes called, referred to as the majestic or the royal plural. Ah, this, is, this, is, this is the only grammar lesson we get today. A uh, 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 majestic plural. Um, somebody is used to show honor, high honor uh, to someone. That someone. That's someone who could speak and refer to themselves as we. Hmm. All right, I won't go here. Maybe, maybe it's not enough here to point to God's triune nature. I was tempted, but I won't. Uh, but, but there's more coming later. God is exposing himself, who he is. The, 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 the task that he carries out, God is the title that he's, that he's addressed by, but the task that he carries out is creation. Creation. The words heavens and earth together here in the scripture that describes and includes all that was created. This is, this is his task. This was at hand. The entire universe has its beginning here. The universe has its beginning being created by God. I'm going slow here because somebody watching online, this might be a note for, for them or anyone else who who might call on or count on the universe for blessings. It can't help you. Look to the God who made it. There was a time when the universe did not exist. But, 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 but let's move on. In, in creating, he also, God, creates time. He, he, he is eternal, but allows himself to be recognized in time. He positions himself in a way that he can be known and encountered. If, if he just hung back in eternity, uh, we would never be able to catch up with him. Uh, from, from the perspective of scripture and, and, and the created world, uh, he, he's there standing at the beginning of time. Uh, this, is an, this, this is assumed. Moses is, 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 is sharing this like this is just facts. Moses doesn't bother answering questions about uh, 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 who created God. It, it's, it's assumed and should be recognized that he himself was always existing. We just want to look at him today. He was always existing. He began the beginning. God, that's not, we're, we're sophisticated. That's not enough to get us excited, but that is exciting to me. Uh, Moses, Moses wrote, he said, I got I to gotta put this somewhere else. He wrote in Psalm 90 in verse 2, he said, before the mountains were brought forth or you had ever formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. See, Moses had, Moses got a, got a peek at him and 
he, he approached the whole scenario different than us. <laughs> uh, another truth that's worth noticing is that the word translated create here uh, in, in the scripture is only ever used to describe the work of God in scriptures. Hmm. He's the only one who ever actually creates according to the scripture. Uh, I mean, I, there was a, y'all, y'all, y'all don't get that. Some, we have some creatives in here that say, I'm, I create, you know. There was a, there, there was a scientist who thought he knew, knew it all and claimed that he could create anything that God created. One day God took him up on the challenge. God spoke and created a huge oak tree. The scientist smirked because he had planted many trees before. He felt like he had a green thumb. He said, I can do that too. And and as he started to gather everything that he needed to plant the tree, God leaned in and said, wait a minute. You need to go and make your own seeds and dirt too. That's the end of the contest. You get the point of the story. Only God can make something out of nothing. At best, we can recreate, reshape, remold what he's already created. But only God, he created the materials to create with. Uh, Some some like to consider here, and we we won't, but they like to consider the conditions. Um, Somebody might have been hoping we would, but we won't. Between verses 1 and 2. they, they feel that there was something there. But Moses, since Moses wasn't led by the Spirit to write about any time or events passing between verses 1 and 2, we won't spend time on those theories. Uh, there's theories about it. And if you want to talk about that kind of stuff, just call me. We can sit down and talk about it. I, I like it. But instead, we, what we're going to do, is we're going to position ourselves here on the edge of verse 2, watching God as he prepares to order the empty, formless earth. We're going to sit up and watch. Uh, I, I, I picture here as, as I read um, about this hovering of the Spirit of God, I, 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 picture, I picture him like a master chef standing in front of unprepared ingredients or, 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 or a, a genius sculptor in front of a giant block of marvel about to go to work but the scripture is always better describing the very spirit of God hovering over deep dark waters ready to draw out all that God desires from it with a word (laughs) with a word the spirit of God it's hovering. The, the, the potential is already built in and the anticipation <laughs> is growing here at the, at the edge of verse 2. He's hovering. What is God going to do with this? A word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
And God saw the light was good, and and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. All of the stories and myths of, of ancient times picture God struggling and wrestling with the dark waters that they said were living and alive and was it was chaos and they were trying to get things accomplished. God speaks. He will find God throughout this scripture creating, setting in order, and naming creation. It, it says something about who he is. First thing God deals with here is the darkness. He doesn't argue or, or, or struggle with the darkness. Uh, uh, just with a demonstration of his sovereign power, he speaks and calls for light. Let there be. Uh, and there was. And there was. With, 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 with no sun or, or, or other source given, light shows up. God evaluates then his own work calling it good. Good for the purpose he created it and good simply because he created it. God, look at his his activity, his resume. Uh, 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 Light, light, light. Although this, this light uh, would, would seem to have the purpose of breaking up the darkness. The presence of both physical and spiritual light is going to weave itself throughout the one story of Scripture. Even though we're in the book of Genesis, uh, and there's 66 books, and, and then there's, there's, there's 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, the, the, it's one story of what God said. Right. Look, this we'll find it again and again. And I won't do this for all of them, but but um, this light, it it will be used to represent God's presence and his blessings. We don't have time to trace trace it all today uh, through, but you could. Uh, And and I put scriptures under the description of this video so you can go back and look at it in your free time. Um, The time you make. Um, we, we, look at this. Uh, I, I, I'll just share this just quickly. God calls his people to be light in the world. It, it, it moves. And, and then Jesus shows up declaring he is the light of the world. And here comes a spoiler alert for, for anyone who hasn't reached the end of the book. In Revelation, the glory of God himself will be the source of light in the world. Woo! Look, light, let there be light. Let there be light. Another part of God's work is that he orders things how they should be. Yeah, he, here he separates the light and the darkness, making them distinct from each other. What he does in the physical creation, he'll continue doing in the spiritual creation. Uh, 
uh, light and dark, Paul said, what business do they have in fellowship with each other? They, they, don't, they don't mix. And then as a, a demonstration of his wisdom and his divine authority, we hear God name what he's created. Day and night. He names it. That, that is, uh, 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 he who names a thing has authority over a thing. So he names it. Day and night. The scripture tracks the progression of time with this repeated phrase, there was evening and there was morning. There was evening and there was morning. Uh, they, there's a progression of time happening. There was evening and there was morning. But, but it, it might also, and I, I, I looked and I, I saw, it, it might also give an ongoing picture of God's creative power and his love and his faithfulness. Why? Why? No matter how dark the night, morning always comes. It was evening and it was morning. Uh, Jeremiah shared in Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 22 and 23. He said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are what? New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Jeremiah had to declare. And the psalm writer reminds us, uh, that, that even though weeping may endure for a night, that joy will come in the morning. There's going to be morning. There's going to be morning. <laughs> That's Psalm 30 in verse 5 in case you're checking. Look, he speaks again. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He speaks again and God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of waters. And let it separate the waters from the waters. <laughs> and God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. Uh, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Using the same authoritative word, let there be God speaks and creates a great divider or placeholder to keep separate water that will remain on the surface of the earth from water in the upper atmosphere. I, I, this is it, the, the, the expanse that, that it's called. It, 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 it represents the atmosphere or the sky. It's hard to imagine what it looked like. But what, what, was, it, was it blue? Was it? Is it a beautiful blue? What, what, what? But, but whatever the case, it would have begun to, began to give the earth shape. Uh, it would have started to resemble the circle we know, right? Uh, and again, God names his creation, he calls it heaven, or, 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 or in some translation, he calls it sky, so we don't get it confused with the heaven of his abode. But he calls it heaven or sky. It's, it's a pattern after something so high and wide that we can't see it all at once. Uh, it's, it's, it's stretched out. He creates, he orders, and he names. We're going somewhere. Remember, remember um, 
We're not invited here into this scene. I know we have some scientists here to point out the chemical composition of the troposphere or the stratosphere, but to consider the God who made it all. Uh, that's, that's, that's the point. That's why we're here. Um, it's it stretched out all over the world simply because God said so. It, he, he closes day two. And with evening and morning, we hear his voice again. We should, should we? Uh, uh, so, so many of the scriptures talk about early seeking the Lord, wanting to hear his voice. Let me hear of your loving kindness early in the morning. But here, here we just keep hearing his voice again. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Notice, God determines place as he orders the creation, as he separates. Uh, he, creates, he creates boundaries for it. Uh, he, he, God hasn't created anything without boundaries. The only living being without boundaries is God. Everything God created, he's given boundaries. And we recognize the boundaries because uh, um, when the sea or the waters come up out of his boundaries, we change the name, right? We call it flood. It's out of his boundaries. It's out of his boundaries. Uh, something growing where we don't want it to grow, we don't call it, oh, the, the pretty plant, pretty flower. We call it a weed. It's out of his boundaries. If you look at the tops of trees, I'm getting ahead of myself. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see, even the tallest trees, they have a cap on how high they grow. There's a, you'll look, there's a, Horizon. Look, we, we, can, we, can, we can imagine in this God separating the sea. We can imagine everything from oceans to great lakes taking their places as God speaks here. Just, just rolling. <laughs> Mountain peaks appearing over miles of, of landscape that's showing up. And, and again, God is, he just... He just names his creation. And, 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 and again, he gives the assessment. It's good. It's good. It's good. But he's only getting started. <laughs> he, he continues. He, even, in that, even in that same day, he continues. You hear him again, and God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. Let the, the, earth, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit, in which is their seed, each according to its own kind. And God saw uh, when he looked at it, that it was good. 
and there was evening, and there was morning. I get a little excited and joy every time I, the evening and the morning comes. But it was evening and it was morning the third day. Uh, after uncovering and separating the land, we see it now prepared to produce what God commands. He's, he's ordered it. He's put it in place. And now is prepared to produce what he commands. He's ordered it. He's put it in his place. And now is prepared to produce what he commands. I'm so glad y'all here with me this morning. Look at this. Can, can, can we just pause and consider the complete obedience of the creation to the decrees of God? Yet people, because people are people, they like to speculate on the length of these creation days. It was a million years. It was a thousand years. Yeah, they were, but, but, but Moses just seems to phrase it as creation immediately responding to the word of God. God said it was so. Notice that there has to be reason that Moses phrases it that way. He's being led of the Holy Spirit to write. God said it. It was so. Earth produce green. Get green, earth. Trees and plants everywhere start to spring up. When, when I, when I, oh no, if I go there, I'll get lost. Oh no. Because I was thinking about another voice that we talked about not that long ago that was standing outside of a grave and somebody was dead and that voice spoke and then the person that was in there just sprung up. Yes. Trees and plants everywhere. And, 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 and they're not just trees and plants. They're loaded with everything necessary to continue until God says stop. They're ready. Apple trees that would just keep on pushing out apples till God says no more apples. Uh, uh, Moses, he, he isn't, again, he isn't led by the Spirit to lay out explanations of photosynthesis or propagation, but to hold up God as the creator and the authority over his good creation. Here, here, uh, even, even uh, tr true science itself can only search out what God has said and ultimately recognize him as the cause. Science will never be complete. Science will always be theory until it says, God said. Yeah. I don't wait for a scientist to catch up with God and what he did. I don't wait for archaeological discovery to say, oh, yeah, that building was really there. That the scripture taught. No. God said. This, this text also, it, it clears up for us. Uh, somebody's going to get offended. It clears up for us that there is no proverbial mother nature. No mother nature deciding to, to do things according to her own will. Uh, 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 despite what the weather people might say, despite what everybody was talking about yesterday on Earth Day, 
It's clear here that the earth is responding to the word and the will of God himself. Earth is creation. Response to the creator. Amen. Imagine, imagine, imagine how having the worldview of God that this scripture calls for as sovereign creator would impact people who would be facing natural obstacles uh, like, like a mountain to climb or, or a barren wilderness in front of them without water or even an impassable sea. Imagine the impact that this worldview would have on them. Knowing the God who created and ordered the water and the land and the trees would make them able, should make them able to trust and move forward in the face of those seemingly insurmountable obstacles. This worldview, how you see things. Uh, we, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm about to land the plane. The question is, how is, how is your view of God? How was your view of God? I, growing up in the city, in, in North Philadelphia, I found something to be true in my experience. The more man-made your world is around you, the harder it is to see God in it. Uh, I began to think about that as I grew. Um, we didn't have trees <laughs> where I grew up. Uh, uh, we had bricks, hot paved streets, sidewalks, metal, stone. The, the more man-made the world is, it's harder to see God in it. But, but, but what I found also is that his creation, I, I met with a life group last week and I got them all off track. Uh, we, we, I got them talking about um, um, nature and bird watching and trees and, you know, I, I, that's how I like to do, show up and blow up life groups. <laughs> But, 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 but for me, it, it all points back. His creation points to him. Psalm 19 calls us to do what? It calls us to look up. Even if, even if you're born and, and raised and, and kept in the city, in the city blocks, you can always look up. Psalm 19 says that the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. A day Today pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. You can get to know him no matter where you are. Um, your view of him will impact how you pray and how you face the challenges of your life. Uh, this is why this worldview, this picture of him is important. Imagine praying to the God who has done and is able to do all of this. Imagine praying to him, not the man upstairs. Imagine praying to the God who said, and it was. I think it'll change your prayer life. We'll pause here on the third day, and, and we'll look next time at how... how how God lines these days up and, and what he does next. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's no need to rush. We'll get to it. But, but uh, 
I, again, in, in life group, in our life study group, what, I, what we like to do as we peer into the scriptures is we ask questions. And, and one of the questions we ask to examine the scripture, first and foremost, what do you learn about God? What do you learn about God? When you open this book, you don't open this book to say, where's my blessing? Where's my blessing? Where, where's my blessing? This book, what do you learn about God? We open this scripture, we learn that God is creator, that he is holy. That means he's distinct from his creation and everything else. We learn that he is mighty. He's mighty. (laughs) And we learn, and we're going to keep learning and keep seeing, that he is sovereign over what he creates. Your your worldview is going to impact, it's going to mess up some of your ideals. (laughs) He's sovereign over what he creates. The scripture calls us to recognize and to be in awe of the one true God who alone is wise enough, powerful enough, and holy enough to accomplish all of this. Look at him. Other examining questions as we close here is, is we ask these, is there an example to follow and or a command to obey? We might say that his authoritative word operating and creation responding answered this question. His word operating and creation responding answered the question, uh, example to follow, a command to obey. I've heard many preachers and people promote resting on the authority of God's word by saying God says it. That settles it. I mean, God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's what they say, right? Reading here in Genesis, a biblical, God-centered worldview, I'm inclined to put it this way. God said it, and that settles it. God said it, and that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, what he says is so. Is so, we learn uh, but, but in his, his grace, in his mercy, in his abundant love, he calls and he invites us to respond to what he said by believing and resting in him and his word so that we can now participate in his ever unfolding story. Does anyone want to be a part of God's ever unfolding story? He calls us to participate. And if we want to participate Creation is an example to follow. Our lives should be a demonstration of God said, and it is so. Our lives should be a demonstration of God said, and it is so.